Friday we learned the Maimir. And I got good regards this time. I met the husbands of the wives who said, this week was okay. Last week was a disaster. So I just met different husbands of different wives, maybe. Friday we started a Maimir from 61 years ago, Tufshin Yud Beis. And I mentioned this and I, I was misunderstood, so I want to clarify it. Somebody said, you said this is one of the first Maimodim people learn. I, I, I think that's a bit of a simplification. I think this is one of the first my bottom of that ever person. If a person learns the bottom of our ever, this is one of the first. And at the year on Friday, you know why. It's a beautiful mime, delicious mime. I made 20 copies, and thank God I don't have enough. So try to share with your neighbors. On Friday, we learned about tefillah, about davening. The discussion about tefillah said... That number one, tefillah is a personal journey. It's a personal journey. Prayer is a personal journey of relationship with God. What that means, in other words, is that in our expressing our Jewishness, in as much as we do things to be hidden, we do a lot of different things. But to use a politically correct term, so much of what we do in Yiddishkeit is not personal. For example, a few months ago, I ate a kazayis matzah, so did you. We ate different pieces of matzah, but they were not made with different ingredients. Shabbos, we made kiddush, we drank wine, we read a text, so did you. Davening is personal. That's the definition. Learning teda is not personal, doing mitzvahs is also not personal. We all do the same mitzvahs in exactly the same way. But prayer means my relationship with God by my definition, not by God's definition. My relationship with God by God's definition is not personal at all. God has gave us one Teda and one set of mitzvahs for all Jews. Teda achas the kolana, the Rebbe says a thousand times. We all have the same Teda. But filah, prayer, the personal connection to the person of God Almighty is individual. And we mentioned several zayahs. One zayah says, Shasleisa, Shaskrava, the time of prayer. It's a time for a struggle. It's a fight with the age of the and we also mentioned another Zaya, Sulam Dot Slaysa. That the ladder we read about the Yankov Avinu in Jacob's dream, which is an ascent from the lowest level to the highest level in a gradual way, you can't skip steps, is a metaphor for prayer. In other words, since prayer is personal, in prayer, honesty is everything. You do a mitzvah, you're not so honest, it doesn't matter, they should have to do it. If you're diving and you're lying, to whom are you lying? To yourself. That's a tragedy. To lie to yourself is a tragedy. It's tragic. The Ramanash used to say, I'm not a man, there's a not a man, 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 which means, the Ramanash, the fourth Lababach that ever used to say, a fool thinks he's fooling the whole world, when in fact he's fooling only himself. How big a trick is it to fool a fool? So davening is the personal relationship that we have with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And therefore, it's very individual and it has serious rules. And one of those rules is that there are steps and stages. And that ever ta- walked us through or talked us through or climbed with us the ladder of tefillah and showed us the various steps of prayer, how they correspond to different stages in this developing a personal relationship with HaKadosh Baruch. It begins with Meidani, with a submission to God Almighty. It is followed by where we accept God in prayer. 
It's followed by Pesukah de Zimra. We invest our emotions. We should be passionate about HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Not for some exotic or exalted reasons, but simply because the opens up his hands and he says in Chassidus, by Yud is a tiny letter. Ebesha opens up the Yud, it should expand. Ebesha opens up the little kernels of blessing he gave us and expands them into complete blessings. Umazbiya and he satisfies the whole height, every living thing. Ratzl. Ratzl means what they desire. Hashem gives us what we want. Ratzl also means what God desires. That's another taich. But Psukei de Zimra is not about understanding the truth of God or the exaltedness of God. It's about defining our need for God because of what He provides. Then you go on to the first blessing of Shema. We're talking about the angels. Our relationship with the angels is that our animal soul of all things comes from the angels. Then we talk about Jewish souls and then we talk about God. Shema Yisrael. Havaya Lakein Havaya Chad is about HaKadosh Baruch about God. But even Shema Yisrael is an intellectual event. We're using our minds to understand Dr. Sashem. And when you get to Shmoyne Esre, you have the Mora. When you get to the Amido, you're as a servant standing in front of his keeper, in front of his maker, in front of his master. You're so bottled to the Avishta that we actually say in the beginning of Shmoyne Esre, Hashem Sefasai Tifta Hufi Agiti Lasacha. Hashem, God Almighty. Right? I, I, I love these punctuations. We all say the same words every day, but you know what? If we only paid attention, it's gorgeous. Hashem, Kama, God, pause. That's how you say The prayer begins with the word God. And by the way, even in the English translation, they didn't put an O over there to kill it. Yeah? God. Hashem, God. Yeah, where else do you say the first word of a sentence is God? Where else in prayer? The first word is God. Elekai, Kama, my God. The soul, but you, you, you're addressing HaKadosh Baruch Hu. You don't clear your throat. You don't say, excuse me, pay attention. It's my turn. You say, God, Hashem, Kama, Safasai Tiftach, open up my lips. Ufiyah so that I should be able to talk to you. Because when you're standing in front of Hashem, and you're coming to Hashem to ask Him for your need, you say, I can't, unless you empower me. Because in the presence of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, we're completely bottled to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We become an extension of His presence. We talked about all this at length on Friday. So davening is a journey. It's a personal journey. And it's a personal journey that begins at the very lowest levels. And if we're honest and we're consistent, um, we grow in relation to HaKadosh Baruch until the highest Madrigas. But the Rebbe said, any time a person takes a personal journey, there is a built-in containment. There's a built-in limitation. That is, person, if I am getting close to God, I cannot get closer to God than I define my definition of God and my definition of close. How close can you be to another human being? You take up different physical space. And philosophically, that's also true. So therefore, the Ibishah says, in addition to the personal relationship with God, there is the godly relationship with person. And that's Torah. Torah is a gift. Tayyid is not something we create or something we struggle for or something we climb. Tayyid is something we open a spigot. Tayyid God gave us. And Tayyid is called Oyer. It's God's light. And in Tayyid, we are not growing in our relationship with God. We're inviting godliness into our world and allowing that godliness to take us over. Tayyid is not personal. 
all of us are sitting in this room together and learning the exact same Torah. The effect the Torah has on me is distinct. The effect that it has on you is distinct. The effect that it has on her is distinct. But it's the same age. If we were davening, even if we were davening with a minion, each one of us is different tefillah. It's a different davening. Because davening is us. Torah is God's life which we're inviting into our selves. So after we learned on Friday, the koch, the shtudim of tefillah, we move on to Torah. That the Ebi balances out the idea of a personal relationship with a shared relationship. On the one hand, there's davening. Davening is about me having a relationship which is unique and distinct to myself. And then the Abish, I'm giving you all the same Taita. When you learn the Taita, you're connected to me by God's definition. And God is one, God is not many. So you all share the same God. And by the way, because we share God, doesn't mean like we're sharing candies in a bowl. We don't have to divide them. There's enough God for everybody to go around. Don't worry, you can share. You're not going to get a smaller piece if more if I can. The more revealed the Abish is, the more God you'll have. So we continue now on page Shinlun Gibel, the very beginning of the Mayimid, on the left side. The Hine Inyan Hatayda. If you look at your margin, <coughs> there's a Yud base on the margin, which I wrote. You see? I, I, I numbered the Mayimid the way I'm teaching it. You see what I'm reading? Please show your neighbor. The Hine Inyan Hatayda, those two words are also circled. The idea of Tayda is Mulmailamata. It's from heaven to earth. Tayda is not personal. It's from God to us. Shedeu klolos inyan de matan teira, which is the concept of the gift of teira. Shebnei Yisrael kibul was a teira. We Jewish people are in possession of the teira, not because of personal growth, but al yedezeh shahakadosh baruch hu nasnalahem. God gave it to all of us and to each of us, and it's be'efen shel matana. It's a gift. In other words, Shalai Mitzad Avedas Hanevroim. This we did not earn, we did not deserve it. And the Rebbe goes into a whole series of arguments to make the case. When we stood in Harsini and got to tell you, we were so unprepared. We were, we were immersed in 49 gates of spiritual impurity. We were indistinguishable from our Egyptian masters in terms of our spiritual lowliness. We had 50 days or 51 days to achieve the highest madrega preparedness to receive the greatest gift God ever gave mankind. How prepared do you think we were? And he goes on and on. The Rebbe has a whole arichas saying, when we got the Tehidat HaSinai, God was being very kind. Turn the page. You know, last words. Last words on the page. This is a gift from God. Turn the page. And it is not in any way symptomatic of, listen to my translation, our personal relationship with HaKadosh Baruch That's what the word Avoida means. And Avoida is represented in Yiddishkeit by Tefillah. Matan was not personal. It was a gift for all of us. It says, Since Tehidah is a gift which God gave us. And in giving us His Tehidah. He gave us, like it says in Chazal, when it's brought in Chassidus, Himself. So we learn Tehidah, we're accessing God by God's definition of God. We're having a relationship with God by God's definition of relationship and by God's definition of God as opposed to our definition of God and our definition of relationship. The revelation that comes from heaven. And we who are accessing, who have opened ourselves up to the light of the Torah, who we are and where we stand is immaterial. It doesn't matter. But as a consequence, 
three lines in the top of page Shin Nun Dalit. Gam Kasharat even as the Tater Nos of Yarda has journeyed and descended, many steps. The literal translation of the word Madrega means a step. Tater deals with physical matter. Tater spends hours and hours and pages and pages discussing the mindset of a liar. The, how much of, of, of Gemara what they learn in Yeshivas it's all about if a person is going to lie they probably have a better one if they tell this lie because there's a better lie the fact that it can say a better lie makes this lie more believable a whole series of logics even when you're learning Taylor that's addressing the we have a game about this right uh, the, the thought processes of a liar you should know even Taylor as understood in the very lowest levels it's God's it's the same ain't so and therefore the effect that Taylor has on a person if and when one learns it that at the moment that they're learning it they're consumed by the Taylor and they're in a state of bitl to the Taylor now that may not be conscious right the person who learned Taylor be very full of himself I personally learned Taylor and eat potato chips or, or a hot dog and drink a cup of coffee and whatever not very appropriate, not very respectable, but it's possible. But the tater remains pure. And the tater we bring to ourselves, even if it's not conscious, at least it's subconscious, raises us into God's world by God's definition. A bit of a bit of level of it. But I knew this means to say, notwithstanding. And the tater is involved with low things. And you know what else? This we don't like to admit. But on a Sunday morning, it's not so terrible. Don't tell anybody I said it, yes? Nevertheless, came to us from God. By God's efforts, not our efforts. In such a way that God did not at all reckon and consider and include in the judgment, us. Wherever the Tater goes, the effect of the Tater is the effect of absolute. And he gives you an example of Kumei Hamon. The Mon was physical food, but the physical food of the Mon was godly food. It, had, it didn't have any physical properties. There was no waste. It didn't need to be digested. It was And you took a measure of Mon, no matter how much you took, you came home with the same amount. It was food that had properties that are more spiritual than physical. It was a physical thing. You touch it, you can eat it. But it wasn't that it became coarser or cruder because it came down to a lower level. It was how the atmius of what the man was appeared in the physical world and it remained exactly what it was when it left atmius, so to speak. The same is true of Taylor. Three lines from the end of the paragraph. Bechein, gam, betoiro. You have to understand this about the Taylor as well. Sheleyeisa bechein is gilui, no mailo. Since the Taylor is a revelation from God, God is giving us an expression of Himself by His definition of Himself and by His definition of relationships. Lecha min hashamayim, bread that comes from heaven. Lachain consequently, gambi as we study Tera here on this earth. gashmim as it relates to physical things. and even things that are less than the honest truth. Tera's effect on the world is magical. Tera touches a person. And for the moment that he's learning, he's in the world of Tay, he's in God's room. It's a totally different event. So we have the personal dimension of being a Jew, which is represented by tefillah. 
And then we have the God definition of being a Jew, which is represented by Torah and mitzvahs. The Rebbe doesn't bring mitzvahs in this moment, but mitzvahs also are shared the Shon of Mitzvah, he gave us the commandments. We're not inventing them ourselves. So you have davening, and you have learning. Davening is personal, learning is God's relationship with us, and you need a combination. Our Maimed is not so much about davening, or it's not so much about learning, it's not even so much about davening and learning, it's about the balance. Why do you have to have both personal and collective? Davening and learning, that's what this Maimed is about. So I'm going to ask you to go all the way until page Shin Nunches at the bottom, please. Where I made my Yud Gimel. And the Rebbe proceeds. I would like to explain why it is. There's two paths to God. The path of God to, to learning Torah. Which is God giving us a connection to Him. And Tefillah, a path of God to pray, which is us having a personal relationship with Hashem. In other words, from the top down. From the bottom up. The reason is Man was given a task What is this task? A human being That is a combination Of a body as well as a soul Parenthesis Only when we're a composite of a guf and a neshama Are we called Adam What does Adam mean? A mensch if you don't mind my candor, a normal mensch, a normal person. The Neshama is trying to run away. Like it says in the Pasuk, the tendency of the soul that it wants to flutter away. The body wants to fall. It's a lump of clay, it's death. Like it says in the Pasuk, the animal spirit is falling. Says the Rebbe, "Vetachas Akavanehi." What's the end? What's the end? Kill the body and celebrate the soul. Wrong. Forget about the soul and enjoy life. Also wrong. What is life? Sheyihiyechibur. Top of page in the test. Now there should be a union of neshama v'aguf. Very interesting. What does it mean to unify the neshama and the guf? The neshama should do what the body wants to do naturally. And the body should do what the neshama wants to do that. In other words, polarization, polarity is not Jewish. The idea of being a kitsoni, a radical, an extremist, is not Jewish. Because extremes are one. The Rebbe says, you know what humanity is about? Balance. And balance of two things that could not be further opposed than a gufa and a neshama. The kavane, hear the word. This mime is saying the purpose for existence this is really the question say it to be Jewish and normal now, to be Jewish and normal doesn't mean that for the sake of normal I'm less Jewish or for the sake of Jewish I'm less normal it's the pshat until I'm Jewish and normal I'm not doing what God wants I'm doing what I want some people love pizza and some people love Kabbalah what's the difference how you spell the words this is about me and this is about me. When is it not about me? When I do what the Eivishter wants. And what the Eivishter wants is to create a balance between two opposites. And every single one of us likes one pole or the other pole. Some people like spirituality. Some people like pizza. 
So every one of us has a legitimate avoid the challenge. The meaning of these words is that every one of us has a mandate from God that we don't like. And the Abishta says, you fulfill my mission when you fuse the two opposites. The Khibur of Neshama and Guf is not a compromise. It's a truth. The Khibur of Ruchnius and Gashmi is not a compromise. It's an emis. And this balance is the most difficult thing. I've told this to you a thousand times. Extremes are easy. To be a radical, to be violent, even to be what the Muslims are. Uh, what do they call themselves? Homicide bombers. Suicide uh, people. Ahmad al Islam. That's not... That's easy. It's easy to be a Meshuganer in one way or another. Balance, what we call in Kabbalah language, Tikkun, is very difficult to do. Why is it difficult to do? Because we all have a behemoth. We have a selfish self. Everybody's selfish self is different selfish. But the balance always has to break that selfish. For one person is, you like Kabbalah, I'm sorry, make chont. For another person, you like to go out to eat, go to a Shia. But it's, the truth is in the center, you see? The truth is in the balance. Why did the Amish to make Yiddishkeit? To be davening and learning. Davening is a personal relationship, that's a wonderful thing. Learning is, open up a spigot and you have God's light. Why a, a, a faucet? Beres. Why the combination? Because the combination is not a little of this and a little of this. The combination is the truth. And the truth is the person. The person has to be able to bring together his personal MS and the Eivishter's MS. A Yid is supposed to serve God, not his own spiritual quests. Just like a person is supposed to serve God, not he's supposed to serve his material quests, he's not supposed to serve his spiritual quests. What do material quests and spiritual quests, in as much as they're selfish, have in common? They're black and white. It's extreme, it's polar. Yiddishkeit is tikkun, that's what the Smaimi teaches. The Abishah gave us tayyid and tefillah, to pick and choose. But to create a truth, and the truth is that two opposites could be in one space, and that balance is avaydis Hashem, in the most pnimiistic sense of the word. In the most meaningful, the most human, the most wholesome sense of the word. V'lachein, three lines from the top, nitnu darki avaydis. We're given two paths of service. And you don't get to choose which one. From earth to heaven, from heaven to earth, that's davening and learning. The reason for this is to come to the neshama and to come to the guf and tell each one to do do what's in the guf's got to be spiritual and the neshama has to be practical. According to the aforementioned metaphor, Torah and davening is the same thing as a soul in a body. It's not enough that we both learn and daven. And you can't be Yitzhi Yiddishkeit only by learning Tehidah. You can't be Yitzhi Yiddishkeit only by davening. The Gemara says, a person If a person only davens, the Gemara says, You must have the combination of davening and learning. I'm going down to four lines from the end of the paragraph. The same is true in the Neshama and the Guf. The right blend. That's what Mezik means. Balance. Blend. This means, The Neshama's nature is to ascend. 
So the Chli is Bach, it's the effect in the Shama. Shatiya Ba'ech and Amshacha should come into this world. Va'aguf Shu Batava Yerida, the body whose natural tendency is to fall. Shatiya Chli is Bach, you know, Ali Ba'ali. It's true in ourselves, it's true in our Yiddishkeit. In our Yiddishkeit, the hardest thing is the truth. We all are leaning in it to an extreme. This extreme, this extreme, another extreme. The Amos is the truth. Because that's when we're serving God. By creating a mezeg of balance within ourselves. And the Rebbe proceeds. Obir HaInyan, the Rebbe explains. And he goes through in the Ayin Beis. This is Gvaldik Barichis, you should know. This is in the end of the first Chalik of Ayin Beis. For those of you who are not familiar with the Ayin Beis, you're often with Ayin Beis. The Ayin Beis talks about Eris and Kalim. There's an Arichas Nayim Beis about Tayo and Tikkun, which goes on for a few hundred pages. When he finishes with Tayo and Tikkun, he's talking about Eris and Kalim. He says, Eris and Kalim have to come together. When Eris and Kalim come together, there's four possibilities. There's too much light and too much vessel. No good. Too little light and too little vessel. No good. Too little light and too much vessel. No good. Yeah. Too much light and too little vessel. Right? I think I said all four possibilities. Also no good. So the, the whole search is for the right balance in light and vessels. Light shouldn't be too strong, the vessels shouldn't be too narrow. That's Elamatikun. So the Rebbe has a whole arich about Eris and Kalim, and he spells out what would happen. He explains literally each one of these four scenarios. Too much light and too much vessel is one problem. Too much light and too little vessels, another problem. Too little light and too much vessels, a third problem. Too little light and too little vessels, a fourth problem. And then he says, and once you understand all of these options, you appreciate what's called in Kabbalah, ma, the bitl of Atma Samhus, that allows for there to be the perfect balance. And when he finishes with light and vessels, he gets personal. It's the end of the book. <laughs> Mamish before the end, before Rosh Hashanah Ayin he's speaking about Nisham and Guf. And he repeats again, says, Ach, Nochamo, he says, a neshama meets a guf. There's four possibilities. Too much neshama, not enough guf. That means you're flying away from this earth. Too much guf and too little neshama. That means you're a behemoth. <laughs> a heavy lump of slow-moving material. Too much neshama and too much guf. The soul is flying in the heavens and the behemoth is a baltaiva. That's an interesting combination. And then you have too little neshama and too little guf. And the Rebbe Rashab goes through each of the four scenarios and explains specifically what would be wrong with each. And then he concludes, how is it supposed to be? You know, it shouldn't be too hot, it shouldn't be too cold, it should be just right. Yeah? The balance of the Nisham and the Guf must be perfectly balanced. This is the whole Arichis. It's a beautiful Arichis. The Rebbe summarizes it in a page. Let's go through this. Hine. A person could contemplate godliness. The Yavo they spoil us. And you get aroused. You should, be, you should react emotionally to the Yavishter. But it's mitzad and shamed. Only the soul is moved. And right after he finishes his meditation. And then the Rebbe whispers. Sometimes in the middle of the meditation, you're enjoying God, and at the same time, you're eating pizza. He has no self-control when it comes to temptation. A person is learning about God, they can't control himself. We see it all the time. Why? If you want to give it a positive spin, it's because the Nisham is meditating, the Guf is involved in Taibet, and they're not affecting each other. They're not meeting. The reason is, 
Only the soul, the soul is reacting. The ain's a shayech elaguf. It does not affect the body. When the body desires such things that batters are inclined to desire, the neshama has no relationship with that temptation. And he goes through. He said, I made Roman numeral one, Roman numeral two. You see what I did? And again, in the next page, we have Roman numeral three. For example. What happened if a very high neshama, and the body is very soul, very low? If the soul is very high and the body is very low, sounds like a match, no? The soul is very high, he'll deal with the stuff the way it happens. When the soul is very high and the body is very low, they simply never cross paths. They don't meet. So this is nishkan tikkun, this nishka adam, this nishka mensch. It's not what the Eidushter wants. Are they actually possible? Shleitiyah is chabas and neshama aguf. The soul and the body should never meet. Okay. Now go to Roman numeral two. I'm skipping two and a half lines. Okay. Another scenario of deficiency is kashan and neshama inayus biyaisid. The soul is very high, but vegam haguf hudak biyaisid, and the body is very idle. Sometimes it's a dainty, you know, like crystal. You touch it, it breaks. The guf, a guf, it needs to be a shtickle behemer. It needs to be a little bit. Worldly. If you're totally removed from the world, so you're a very nice guy. Yeah, but you can't live. That sounds like optimum. A high neshama and an eidel aguf sounds like a perfect plan. He says, but it's not the point. A holy neshama and a very dainty little goof is also It's not a good blend. Why not? The goof is very eidel. The goof is also drawn to godliness. And listen to these words. The body is drawn to godliness without the soul's intervention. The body needs to be educated. If the body knows without learning, you haven't raised her up, you have destroyed her. The body needs to be taught about the Eibishter. Which means first the body doesn't know, and then the soul educates it, and then the body says, I understand. But if the body is like fine crystal, you look at it, it shatters, the body is not learning. The body is not being filled with God that the Neshama gives it. It's being destroyed. So you're a very spiritual, holy person. But that's not a mensch. That's not tikkun. The body doesn't need any help of the soul. That the soul shall educate the body. Four lines from the bottom of the page. That should be drawn to the Eibishter. And the Eibishter created the body to be a vessel. What it means a vessel? It sits on the table and you put things into it. Not it floats up to heaven. If the body is to be a vessel, it has to first be separate from the soul and then being unified with the soul. When the body is so idle that the body just follows the soul, the Rebbe's words are the soul is not teaching the body, the body is just becoming soul, and that's not a purpose. Turn the page. No, no, I'm sorry. Three lines in the bottom, I'm keeping everything. Dihine. Kashanagufugas. When the body is not very pure, the body is crude and coarse. Or they tzadach lave de san You have to fight with the body. And you know what? That's good. That's how it's supposed to be. Shetifel bei sheyir nimchech lakus. The body should. Not naturally, but through effort, be modified, transformed to be drawn to godliness. The neshama educates the body to be drawn to godliness. Turn the page. 
Aval, however, kasher haguf. When, in which case, the body udak is edel, very fine. He gam os. He he ne. Behold, af even though she gam os. Serich lisevus on neshama. The neshama arouses the body, but it's in such a way that the neshama is not educating the body. So you're not creating a balance between opposites. You're creating only one pole. Five lines on the top of the page. That's not the purpose. Why is not the purpose? The purpose is that the soul and the body should not get along and that they should meet and come together. The soul should affect the body to go against its nature. That the body naturally doesn't want what the Abish don't want. And he has to be taught to want it. But if the body is so idle, wherever the neshama goes, the body follows, that's not creating balance. That's a pole. Now go to Roman numeral three. Possibility number three is the body is very low and the soul is very low. The, first, the one before was the body is very high and the soul is very low. Those are no good. What happens when the body is very low and the soul is very low? What happens then? We all eat this potato chips. <laughs> we don't even get the uh, broccoli. We potato chips and pizza, yes? The soul is so small, so weak, it cannot affect that the body should be transformed. And he brings you an example from Psilis, from wicks. If you want the wick and the fire to burn, the wick has to be fine enough to hold the fire, but not so fine that it's destroyed by the fire. If the body is too coarse and the shum is too low, it won't have an effect. If the shum is too high and the body is too idle, it won't be the right thing. You have to have mezeg anoch. The neshama should be sufficiently low. The body should be sufficiently... Uh, the neshama should be sufficiently spiritual. The body should be sufficiently material. But not too extreme on either end. Then you can have a blend. And I want to show you something. I once said this in a class and I was screamed at. Rabbi Majeski said it can't be. Well, here it is. Okay, so listen carefully. Umizem, move on. Six lines under the paragraph. It says, this teaches us, Sha neshama v'aguf the neshama and the guf need a balance. What does the balance depend on? The combination. A bigger neshama is a different kind of guf. A lower neshama is a different kind of guf. It's all very complicated. The combination needs a balance. The soul and the body should match. Ideally, the Ebishter creates the blend. You don't like yourself? Think again. You know what? I see BW. It could be worse. Don't ever forget that. So, the Rebbe Kumai, for example, listen to this. The Ikhfas of the Mashiach, the heel of Mashiach. Anybody know what Ikhfas the Mashiach is? Huh? I can't hear. Right about now, yeah? We're called the heel of the heel. Listen to this carefully. Shahan Nishamis and Nemuchas Biyaisir. We have the lowest souls. Nishamas the Bechinas Akvayim, the souls on the level of a heel. We have finer bodies than our ancestors. Who would have thunk? That's what it says. I didn't edit this. You understand? We have low neshamis, so we need edel agufis. You take a low neshami, you put him into a goof of, 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 a, of a bulldozer, he's going to be a bigger behemoth. There has to be a balance between the neshama and the goof. And the balance between the neshama and the goof is that when you have a low neshama, the goof has to... Okay, second line from the end of the paragraph. Avoida is combining the neshama and the guf. The combining of the neshama and the guf is a center. And there is not a person on the planet for whom that center is natural. 
All of us have a nature. And the nature is either pulling here or pulling there. Nobody can do this without struggle. That's why this is so emistic. And I want you to know, this is what Kabbalah means when it says Adam. Or the Friday davening, the Iyu Shema Kazeh, Yud Kevavke, Ma, is 45, is the Gematri Adam. This balance is the essence of Bittl. It's the deepest Bittl that could be. Because if Bittl means jumping off a building, that's not that difficult. It's not comfortable, it doesn't sound like a plan, but it, Bittl means to live in this world. And to live in this world where my priority is Yiddishkeit. But I live it in this world is extraordinary. It's extraordinary because it's not natural. This is the idea of avoid. All of us need to work at being Jewish, not just be Jewish by our nature or by our habit or by our upbringing or whatever the case is. Because then we don't have this tikkun, this balance. And that's what this Maimah says. Next paragraph, Vihine. Shem shu v'kolos As it's true in Yiddishkeit as a whole, it's true even in tshuva. Though tshuva by definition is polar. What's tshuva? Ladalik shur, taking an extreme. Is that the name? The avsheh klolos yina tshuva yitzia begezer akelim. Though most of the people most of the time think. Tshuva means going out of the vessels. Zakter mikomo kam tzadachli is boif and she is shayech el gashmi. When a person does tshuva, tshuva does not allow to run away from life. The Gemara says, the Rebbe spoke about this, Rebbe Elzeb and the Daya died to tshuva. So the Rebbe says, that's not the kavana. Dying through tshuva feels very good, and I'm sure it's very holy. The Abisha wants us to live through tshuva. So what the Rebbe said is, Rebbe Elzeb and the Daya did such a high tshuva, that as Nishama left the goof, because no one had ever done tshuva like that before him, but once he did this tshuva, he opened up a possibility that a person should do this kind of tshuva and remain in a shama baguf. How many times did people become frum and all they want to do was sit and learn and then sent them back to school or told them to remain in their professions and they couldn't stand it. I ran away from that world. And the Rebbe says, you don't run away from that world. You raise that world up. It's much harder. But that's the taich about tshuva. Amensh. Vayinokashar is bodhinus de tshuva yibiyayifin. A person is like doing tshuva. But it's on a level shemargish that the person feels sheinyonim agashmim his physical things heimenio the kiyim atayro mitzvah they oppose being a Jew he neiderach avoida the way to serve of the eibushter einoi beoifin shal bricha is not running away escaping midvarim agashmim physical things elolifel midvarim agashmim gufa to raise up those physical things shalayiyu menio atayro mitzvah. Rather than be the opposite of Tain and Mitzvah, they should become a part of Tain and Mitzvah. the same is true for Ket. Kasha Manga is a Tain de A person's in love with God. A person's in love with God. <laughs> and we're all very self righteous when we're in love with God. You run away from this world. You don't really love God until your flesh and blood loves God. And that means you have to love Him a little bit less. So the love should be more permeated. More real. Even tshuva, which is by definition a polar avoider, if the tshuva is going to be as it's supposed to be, requires a proper blend of neshama and guf. You got it? Unbelievable. But now we get to the maimer. This is a maimer. I know we're still before Tishava, but it's okay to make believe. You know, we. There's a famous story with the Rishon Rebbe. This is, I saw it written up in the magazines. The only story in the whole Sefer Hamenhagim is this story. 
The Hedwig Yerushna Rebbe once walked into the shul in the afternoon of Tisha B'Av, and the Chassidim couldn't learn, and Ruzh and the Chassidim were Mishachistim. None of them were crying about the Chorb. They were waiting for Mashiach. They, no, they couldn't afford the tissues. And they were sitting around waiting for Tisha B'Av to end. How do you sit around? I can't learn. You have Vain and the Misnagdim have all the tear ducts and all the t- tissues for the whole universe. Well, no Chapar. They're playing the game. What was the game? They put a chair in the middle of this medrash and they attached it to strings and they stood in the, in the, in the, in the attic. And any person would walk in, sit down on the chair, they'd give them out there a ride. The Heilik Erujanir, and if you think he didn't know what was going to happen, think again. The Erujanir knew everything. And he got a ride. It's a miracle they didn't drop him. You imagine, you pull him up and the Rebbe says, Stop him, Ha! They must have been very uncomfortable. Master of the world, you gave your children a yomtif. And they don't like it. So take it away from them. Punish them. See if they care. So we're holding my Elul already. Finished. We're a couple of weeks ahead of the Paylish. In this practice, not so bad. Okay. Anila day is Elul, right? Everybody knows what Anila day stands for. Ani, I, the person, reaches for the Yabishter, and the Yabishter reacts to me. That's tefillah. That's davening. In other words, Elul is a half of Yiddishkeit. In the language of today's class, it's the personal half as opposed to the divine given half, right? But Anila Deidi has four, two more words. Anila Deidi Deidi Liharei B'Sheishanim. Sheishanim means roses. For people who are expert at Zayar, an expert Zayar means you read the first page, so you know that the Zayar begins with Sheishanim, goes in your Gimel, Mides, Arachamim. The 13 attributes of mercy, which is also davening, yes? But it says in Chazal, those who are learning Teda. Why? Because just like the Remember? You said in this morning. The 13 measures of Teda is interpreted. So the Maimis started with a question. And the day the day is about Elul, and it's about Chuvah, and it's about davening. How did Teda land in Anila Deidi Vedeidili? And the answer is, unless the Anila Deidi Vedeidili has Teda, the Tshuva is Kachuvanisht. Vezehu, Anila Deidi Vedeidili, you have two more words, that they are shepherded, that they are grazing on roses. Says the Chazal, that Sheshanim roses goes on the Teda. The Inyan Rebbe Sheshanim is in Eskeach Mumayla, the Ebishti gives us the Koyach to do Tshuva. Vahainu this haste in the Yerish Avedis Achuva top of Shin Samachalo Vachlau, Chuva in general. And Chaydeshavu especially is Milmatal of Maila, it's what we call in our culture personal. Mikomokim nevertheless, Bechdesha Ti Avedik the boy. If we're going to serve Hashem properly, Tarachlias Mizigas, a blend, a balance of Nisham and Guf, a good blend. And the Reavishishanim goes on Tayra, that's the balance. You see, we know the Melech Pasadi, the king in the field, is also. The king in the field doesn't belong in Elul. King in the field is God. Yeah, Elul is about me. It's also the same thing. It's a balance. The Abish that coming into the field is the opposite of me reaching for God. Only when you have balance. Go back to the beginning of the Bible, please. Top of page Shin Nun Gimel. Inyan who the idea is as follows. You see what I'm reading? There's two meanings of, of pasturing on roses. I guess the word is grazing or browsing, right? It's browsing on roses. You graze on grass, you browse on roses. It says in Zayar, A rose has 13 petals. We're all looking for that rose, by the way. 
Uchnesses Yisrael, Klal Yisrael, Ispei, Kleisar, Mechilon, Derachem, has 13 attributes of mercy. The word Mechilon means pathways, okay? The Sachin Lamekol Sitra that embraced the Jew from all sides. Vahainu does Heil, Shareya, Besheshanim, Oonyin, Yimu, Mitzarachem. The 13 attributes of mercy are about Tefillin. However, Opidesh Habeis, there's another translation of Rebbe Sheshanim, Kemayim, Merazal. Like it says in Radha, this is also with Zayat Gimar, also in Shabbos upon. What arose means that they're learning Teira, which is the opposite of Tefillah, and the opposite of truth. And accordingly, Yudgimul Ha'al, the 13 petals of the rose, is not the rose of mercy, but Yudgimul Mides, Shateira Nidreshes Bahem, the 13 measures which Teira is expounding. And that's the Taichani, the Deidi, the Deidi, the you want to have a successful level, you want to do chuba properly, you want to say David properly, you need a rose. But the rose is dual. A rose that gives us the keich for personal avayda, and a rose that taps us into the keich as we get from the Ebishter. Who inyan and asin is keich, mamaila, the Ebishter empowers us from above, bebeza, and yadim, the teira, and tefillah. And it's all about the balance. So when this pasuk has the last two words that Ebishter shanim, it's revealing something. Nothing is emes unless it's tikkun. Extremes are easy. Even tshuva the Rebbe says. Tshuva by definition of tshuva by Needs a certain balance. Kum Everybody knows Kum we all get aroused. You know, the good news is that El is going to end and we'll go back to sleep till next El. We all get very excited. You know why we go back to sleep till next El? Because we make it simple. But when you have the Araya B'Sheshan and you allow the Elul to affect your real life by creating a balance in this extreme, then it's Adam, then it's Amensh. And the only thing we didn't learn is the first page in the Maimit, but more or less we covered the answers to the questions.